Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studio in Houston, Texas, it's time for Regions Business Radio Houston. Regions Business Radio Houston is presented by Regions Bank. Brave the beginning. Member FDIC. Welcome to Regions Business Radio Houston, presented by Regions Bank, member of the FDIC. I'm your host, John Stacy, market executive and the head of Regions' Houston Commercial Banking Team. We're broadcasting live from our Business Radio X studio inside the Royal Sinesta Houston Galleria Hotel. Really excited about today. Our guest with us today from Oddfield Terminals US, John Blanchard, CEO, Morris White, CFO, and from Regions Bank, Senior Relationship Manager, Larry Ellis. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. You bet. As we've kind of been talking here over the last uh, few weeks to get ready for this, we, we talked about the relationship between Oddfeld and Regions Bank and how competitive Houston is. A lot of banks here. You're called on a lot of banks. But something drove you to make the decision to go with Regions Bank as your left lead financial partner. Can you share with our listeners today on just what helped you make that decision? Morris? Sure. I'd say a few things. I uh, joined Oddfield October 2019, and uh, John uh, had joined maybe a few months prior. And at the end of the day, there was a lot of history that we both didn't have, if, if you will. And we had a, a credit facility that was essentially at, at, at the end of its leg, at, I'd say March of 2020. So we didn't have a lot of time to essentially get a new financing arrangement in place. And I think there are a few things that were pretty key. The first of which is uh, not having a ton of history. Uh, I think uh, the region's team did a great job getting me up to speed, not just on the, the things that were wonderful about the relationship, but also the challenges. And I really, really appreciated that uh, honesty. I would also say during the uh, pitching phase, you know, regions, the, the whole team was really key on really trying to understand what drove our business and get some perspective about John and, and, and my, say, vision for where we were going to take the company and, of course, how they could ultimately provide, you know, the financing support to help us achieve those, those aspirations. A few other things. You guys had positioned the franchise in a very positive way in terms of all the services from treasury management, risk management, and of course, you know, the leverage finance structures that you had to help service our needs. And throughout that entire process, I think what was pretty important to me and John was that you guys were trying to develop a personal relationship with us, right? And, you know, when you came to the table with terms, they were pretty positive, uh, I would say a lot more aggressive. Uh, than say your counterparts, and in that regard, you you kind of sort of position yourself to be a, a a cut above the rest. And it wasn't that the terms were aggressive; it was also that they were realistic and achievable from a syndication standpoint. And the final piece that I'll, I'll throw out there was that you know I asked a lot of lenders out there about where you you're a good partner to work with in, in these syndication processes, and it was pretty clear you guys have a really good working relationship with the other lenders out there. So I thought it was a recipe for success. Yeah, I, I think the, the most uh, important part of what I saw was, was the personal relationship aspect of it, right? So Morris and I coming into a new, uh, a, a new business uh, didn't have the history, um, obviously, that, that Regions had at that point. 
understanding where we were and how we were struggling with our, our credit facility expiring and, and really helping us kind of paint a picture of what happened in the past and kind of where we wanted to go in the future. And I think the other aspect, you know, I was relatively new to the Houston area and um, I actually had sit downs with with members of the team to just talk about, you know, hey, where's a good neighborhood to move to? Where are the good doctors in town? I mean, really simple stuff like that. It, it just was a, taking an extra step and going the extra mile to continue to build a relationship. And, it, and it's been a good relationship. Well, I hear a couple of things there. One, relationship. I heard that word several times. And Regents does focus on relationships with our clients. But also hear you say that we cared about you as individuals, you just moving here. We got to know you uh, and we understood your business. And I think kudos to Larry, because Larry is a guy that that had to convey that message to you both and to your team. And so, Larry, you want to share with the audience a little bit on just how did you do that? Yeah, thanks, John. And, you know, our focus and my focus from the start and Morris coming in new, John coming in new before him and then Morris a few months after was to, we needed to connect on a personal level and determine what their vision was for the company and what the sensitive spots were as far as their strategy and their, their plans for the future. We did our best to listen and also get to know them personally and also then start to bring in our team and team selling, if you will, and identifying their goals and objectives. And the syndication team did a, a great job of, one, providing flexible terms that would work with their situation to help them achieve certain goals that they outlined to us. But all along, we we're staying close to them, also meeting the timelines, making sure we had a sense of urgency with uh, the timeline for completing a new financing, bringing in some additional lenders, replacing the existing agent that had been the lead for several years, and so there are a lot of balls in the air, and then we started, and toward the end of that year, in 2019, we had the great experience of COVID starting to come upon us, and then we, that evolved, and we went into March of, of 20 when we closed the facility, and, uh, and then COVID was all around, of course, but we were able to get that done thanks to a lot of, a lot of work on the company's part, et cetera, and all of our partners. So. Anyway, it was a relationship connection from the start, and we emphasized that our management team in Houston and myself were very focused on not just looking at the numbers, but looking at the people. Thank you, Larry. And that's a great segue into the next piece. One of the things that Regions Bank really focuses on from a coverage model standpoint is we have local relationship management, but then we also bring in industry subject matter experts. And we do have a transportation and logistics group. You know Juan. You've met with Juan a few times. They came in. They understand your business, and and there's some value there. Can you share with our listeners uh, just how you perceive that when we brought in those specialty groups, Juan and his team? Well, I'll I'll say uh, something briefly, and I'll turn it over to John. But, you know, the, the short of it is, is, you know, Juan, phenomenal banker, you know, He's very, very customer service uh, oriented, very knowledgeable about the space. And, you know, he's been instrumental in providing us some insights into, you know, the the business, his relationships. And, you know, a big thing for us is, you know, we're we're essentially fixing uh, the company now, trying to optimize operations. But we have aspirations to grow outside of our existing footprint. And that's, you know, essentially going to be M&A opportunities or carve, carve outs, if you will, from 
you know, from, from other companies. So the depth of his relationships, insight in the space, I think will be key to helping us figure out some opportunities. You know, I think he adds an, another element above and beyond that. You know, he, he hosted us out in, uh, in Georgia a few weeks back and uh, hosted a couple other folks. You know, our, our business is, is strictly terminaling, right? So it's, it's when, you, when you think about it, we're, we're a storage tank business, and that's, that's, that's what we are. But we're impacted by many different aspects of transportation and logistics, right? And, and him, giving, him giving us, Juan, being, uh, giving us the opportunity to sit down with someone who's deep in the trucking industry and understand the struggles they went through it really created a good picture as to why our industry was impacted by the trucking industry, the struggles they went through. You don't even think about that when you're, when you're trying to understand why, why are we not getting the trucks we're supposed to be getting? Well, the trucking industry is having their own fair share of problems. And, and hearing that story and, and getting an understanding of where they are and, and how much their business has changed over the last six to nine months, uh, it was really helpful in us. And it's really going to help us when we have discussions with uh, members of our board, right, sitting down and telling them, "Hey, this is this is why things are happening in the trucking side, and this is what's happening on the rail side." That's uh, that's really good information. That you know, very intangible uh, for us, but it's great information for us to have, and is very educational. We I, I often get phone calls from CFOs and CEOs post a meeting with any particular company in the verticals where we have these specialty groups, and they often say exactly what you did. You guys just differentiated yourself from a lot of the other banks that call on us because you're bringing in an industry expert that literally understands the industry that we operate in. So it's always good to hear other uh, clients say the same thing. So thank you from that. Larry, would you add anything working with the specialty groups? I think the specialty groups bring an added element, obviously, to the relationship. It deepens our, our base with, with the company and also helps us look forward with the relationship to, to develop ideas and bring ideas to the client. And what John and Morris have been doing, have been turning the company around. It wasn't broken, but it needed to be tweaked, is the way I would put it, to grow and also to, to expand its operations in the U.S. And that's what their objective is with their equity owners and, and uh, their personal objectives. So the specialty groups give us a different dimension. It helps me uh, work the relationship as well. I go to them and ask for and tell about ideas. I discuss it locally, like we are today and other times, and then go to them to say, let's, uh, let's talk about this element. Let's talk about this po- opportunity. And also, we can be prepared financing-wise to be ready if something comes up. We've already discussed that here in expanding what we have today. So they're a, they're a big plus in the relationship uh, management and, and opportunities. Yeah, there's one additional thing I'd like to add, which was pretty impactful and important to us. When we put the credit facility in place, uh, there was a pretty strong desire from our private equity partner to essentially put some long-term interest rate hedges in place. You know, they took a view that rates were going to get as low as they, they've ever been. And in that regard, they wanted to kind of hedge out, right, interest rates for a five-year period. And, you know, the risk management team for regions did a wonderful job helping kind of circle the wagons, if you will, with the other lenders. And at the end of the day, we put a pretty pretty good, you know, hedge in place. I think our, our private equity shareholders are really, really happy about that, especially given where inflation and, and the Fed's likely to go here in the, in the next, say, couple of years. 
you know, Keegan Corcoran in our hedge group and the derivatives group is outstanding. He's certainly one of the, the best I've ever worked with in my career. So COVID had lots and lots of uh, down, downside, but one, th- one element was uh, very low rates. <laughs> so to take advantage of, of that and have someone like Keegan, I think, guide, guide us all through that and assist, assist you in that process is, uh, is great to hear. That's great. You know, we always we enjoy checking in with our, our top clients, and Oddfield Terminals U.S. is certainly that. Give our listeners some feedback on, you know, where are you now in your thinking as far as, you know, when you wake up or you fall asleep at night, you're thinking, you know, I made the right choice here to go with Regions Bank and maybe provide listeners with a couple of examples or one example of where maybe pre- or post-COVID Regions Bank has stepped up and really helped you. Uh, could be technology, could be capital. Yeah, I would say just a couple things briefly. The first of which is the relationship has essentially been been top notch, right? Relationship managers as well as the industry vertical specialists have been joined at our help hip. So they understand the business, they understand the key drivers, and at the end of the day, uh, the challenges. And they're always looking for creative ways to either provide you know, opportunities on the M&A front or getting ahead of, say, some of the big growth projects that we have lined up and trying to help us think creatively about structures, which is critically important. And then, you know, thinking about that in the context of, you know, the, the, the contagion, the pandemic that we had to deal with, as well as, say, some geopolitical things uh, across the pond, there was a big, big focus uh, of ours to make sure that we had sufficient liquidity as well as our lenders uh, having um, sufficient liquidity so that when we ultimately had to, say, draw down on on credit facility, that we wouldn't have any issues. At the end of the day, you guys would be there when we needed to draw down on the facility to fund uh, capital capital investments for the operations. I would also add that, you know, look, the the knowledge of the business, right? Larry, you had referenced that, that, you know, the business wasn't broken, but it it needed some some, uh, TLC. And you having that history, the team having that history, and um, understanding that the investment we're making in these assets now are not going to be there in the long term. This is all catch up, and this is going to get us to where we need to be, where we can run the operation more efficiently. Having that knowledge is tremendously beneficial to many banks, you know, not understanding that would would not have the same response if they saw us investing $100 million over a couple years just to get caught up. That makes banks pretty nervous, but but you understood the business and and knew that that needed to be done. And and that's not a long-term solution. It's going to be something that we just need to do in the short term. Well, you had a very credible plan that also looked, you know, your, your experience and then Morris bringing his financial background to the company. I know it gave me confidence, comp, you know, confidence, and 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 all of us at the bank institutionally, that execution is there. It can happen. A lot of cap, capital spending needed to happen and was going to happen in a very productive way. So, it made sense, and obviously you, you've been achieving that uh, so far. So, congrats to that as well. But uh, you're right. It took some foresight and also some confidence in both your your plan and also the business model itself. And um, it's, it's been very nice to see it come around today as you outlined it. Yeah, we appreciate that. I think the other aspect is, you know, you understood the business, but also at at the same time supporting growth, right? I mean, we're we're undergoing a a expansion project now, uh, building another over 200,000 barrels of new storage. That costs money, right? That's that's a big investment for us. And and, um, we're, we're 
you know, very getting a lot of support from from your team on that. I mean, when we talk every quarter about where we are, and you know, one of the topics that uh, everyone wants to hear about is where's our growth, how are we doing, and and uh, how's the investment going in the new opportunities. So, it, it's been a really, really good uh, good relationship from that standpoint. Yeah, focusing on the future is a part of this. Obviously, execution and the just putting the financing in place is important. But really, it's about the future. What's going to happen? What's the dry powder available? And what's the ability for us as, as the lead lender to support you and bring in others as needed? But make sure you know we're, we're standing by and we're looking to the, to the future to connect and make these things happen for you. It's not just you know your daily, weekly, your monthly numbers. It's really years into the future that really matter, I know, to you and to your investors. And what I would add there is that you know, it's it's critically important that we're all kind of joined at the hip as we, you know, continue to kind of evolve and 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 realize the vision that, that John set for the company. But you guys also had the foresight, right, to give us options at the uh, front end of the process, particularly around the accordion feature and the uh, uh, credit facility. So we've already built in the ability to, to kind of grow outside of the, uh, I would say, the initial uh, aspirations that, that John had for the business. And he's uh, ratcheting up expectations uh, pretty quickly here. Um, so that initial vision has is, is grown, grown uh, pretty, uh, pretty materially since then. And I feel comfortable that uh, we can, you know, for the most part, grow within the, uh, the confines of the uh, credit facility. Nice. So that is nice, and, and thank you for those answers. So it's always, you know, banks provide credit. They always want to provide credit. But speak a little bit to, you know, we also work with you. We understand you have to manage your cash flow, your cash balances, and you need treasury management systems and services and products to go with that. And can you speak a little bit on how Regents Bank has provided some solutions to you? The first thing I'd say is that, you know, given covid and also the team being on a digital transformation journey, it's, it was pretty, pretty key that we had alignment pretty early on. Uh, and what I mean by that is our business has been, for the past, say, year and a half or so, it's been laden with a lot of manual processes, you know, a myriad of spreadsheets that are kind of sort of interconnected. And part of this digital transformation journey has been to essentially put some ERP systems in on the purchasing side, the maintenance side, finance, FICO side, so on and so forth. So we are doing something pretty transformational in terms of our information systems and how we're ultimately going to manage our business, right? Manage by the numbers, manage, you know, you know, factually, and from a business analytic uh, perspective. And in that regard, you know, we're, this is a four-year journey, you know, for us. Uh, and on the treasury management side, we've been able to liaise really effectively with the IT team at Regions. We've had a number of, I would say, specialized requests to ensure that the systems integrate well with one another. And I think that uh, Regions IT team and also the treasury management professionals has been pretty successful in helping us get there. We're still evolving, but it's it's key to help us effectively manage working capital to make sure that we don't lose the character of the transactions. And that was something that was sorely lacking uh, when I first got here. So we're not where we ultimately want to be, but I'm confident that uh, we're going to get there uh, as, a, as a partnership. And then the other thing I'd, I'd say there too is that 
you know, the Treasury management team have put forth a number of different solutions that we're still exploring that's going to help us more effectively manage cash as well as working capital. And we're excited about ways to, to, to essentially leverage those tools to, to get better at what we do on a day-to-day. Let's switch now and talk about the economy a little bit. You know, we've been in a declining rate environment for so many years, and now you don't, you can't turn on the evening news without seeing something about interest rates are going up, cost of living is going up, inflation concerns, labor sourcing, supply chain. John, can you share a little bit, or Morris, uh, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'd say uh, uh, a few things high level. First of which is, you know, margin preservation is first and foremost for us. And there are a number of things that we've done structurally um, to essentially uh, mitigate the negative impact of, of, of the high inflationary environment, as well as rising interest rates. The first of which we already mentioned, right, which is five-year hedge in place where we've got some really, really favorable interest rates. Uh, so we've essentially mitigated that risk. And then on the top side with customers, we essentially have uh, CPIU adjustments that allow us to essentially track rates up um, as, as inflation tracks up. And then the final thing that I would say there is that we also, on the cost side, have been able to do a couple things. The first of which is um, essentially lock in uh, some of the labor rates for our embedded contractors. And then we've also been able to hedge away, say, some of the energy risk through a, a recently negotiated uh, nitrogen contract. We use a ton of nitrogen to move our product for our customers and handle it safely. And uh, in those contracts, there are a lot of energy pass-throughs. So this new contract, I think, is, is key to helping us mitigate, say, some of the, uh, the cost structure uh, challenges with the uh, inflationary environment. You know, when I look at kind of views on where where the markets have been and kind of where they're going we we experienced uh you know something i I, i've never seen in my career where you know turnover um the you know the opportunities that were out in the market being so prevalent at one part of the pandemic and then disappearing during part of the pandemic it, it was a really odd dynamic for us particularly in our life cycle right morris and i joined uh oddfell and we were dealing with prior to us uh, arriving, you know, a, a very high level of turnover. We we really focused on minimizing that turnover and, and were able to reduce it kind of as we were going into the pandemic by over 80 percent, which was a great accomplishment for us, which I thought. And, and things were very, very stable. But the opportunities that have come out of the pandemic and, and, and all the turnover that other industries are going through, we have done a very good job of, I think, um, addressing that and keeping our, our, our people in, in, in-house. There are challenges, though, right? I mean, the, the market's hotter than it's ever been, particularly for, for management, right? Management and, and our engineering group, our professionals, there's a lot of opportunities out there for them, and, and we've worked really hard to keep them in-house and, and make sure that uh, our, our force is stable throughout that. Um, I think, you know, the supply chain issues that we dealt with throughout the pandemic, you know, there was at one point, you know, terminaling is a little bit slower than some of the other things that uh, can get product moving Say, for instance, uh, specific chemicals where there were shortages and, and they were slowing down manufacturing due to, due to those shortages. 
a lot of our customers were bypassing uh, the terminals and putting them in ISO containers and putting them on cargo ships just to get them out to where they needed to be as soon as possible. You know, that type of stuff really changed our business for a, a year period or so, 12 to 15 month period. Um, that's that's kind of gone away and it's it's become more stable. Um, but there's a lot of ups and downs that we were riding through in the last, you know, 12 to 18 months. And certainly we were comfortable with where we were. You know, our business changed a little bit, you know, you as bankers and, and, and focused on uh, how we were performing. You know, you were very supportive and understanding from our perspective of what we were dealing with. And look, at the end of the day, we performed pretty well uh, throughout this whole pandemic. Not that it's over, but uh, we're still continuing to fight the fight and uh, continued to really focus on making sure that the, you know, the, the things that are challenging us now, um, the logistic constraints and the people constraints, those are obviously something that we're, uh, we're very focused on. Um, I think some of the highlights that we really, really uh, came up against, you know, we, we, we were bringing in some pretty big pieces of equipment through our capital investment program, um, you know, dealing with copper availability 18 months ago, you know, really, really slow to get copper. There just wasn't any available. And, and our pieces of equipment that needed copper, they were delayed, right? And, and today, you know, even, even in a more stable pricing market, you know, we're still dealing with our expansion. You know, we're, we're buying a lot of carbon steel and a lot of stainless steel. And, you know, anyone who's familiar with, with the steel pricing, uh, the price of nickel is going through the roof and then it started to go down and then it's back up again. You know, nickel has a direct impact on stainless steel, and, and we're dealing with that on the Bay 13. So we're, we're watching that market. We're, we're analyzing when the right time is to buy. Uh, even suppliers are having a hard time pricing it just because it's so volatile. So um, we've been very lucky in locking in our, our carbon steel prices. We're still watching the stainless steel. But I think we're in, we're in good shape. You know, as long as you're patient and, you, and you're able to kind of make do with what you have and, and adjust with the markets, uh, we've been able to really survive through this and, and excel. We have so many clients that pre-pandemic, you know, inventory levels were really just in time. And then kind of post towards the end, we hope, of the pandemic, we're seeing a lot of our clients really stock up on inventory. You're getting requests from your customers saying, hey, I need more storage capacity. Very interesting dynamic came out of uh, the pandemic and, and all the supply chain issues. You know, a lot of our products that we store are feedstocks uh, for the manufacturers, and those manufacturers generally purchase from suppliers, right? And due to the whole supply chain constraints that they had, they were not able to get that. You know, say for instance, uh, mattresses, right? Mattresses are back ordered six months uh, for a lot of, in a lot of locations. Uh, the mattress manufacturers. Uh, didn't want to be in that situation again. So groups like that are now coming to us for storage. So they want to make sure they have the inventories readily available and not depend on a third party for that. So we've, we've actually had several new customers that, that are shared that very similar story. They were depending on a third party. They ran out and now they're in, th they're in tankage just to make sure that they don't run out in the future. Well, that really wraps up our, our questions and conversation for today. Any closing comments, Larry, that you'd like to share with our audience? John, I would just say uh, compliments to John Blanchard and Morris White for you know, delivering on their plan after putting the financing in place through some, <laughs> some very difficult times. You talk about closing the facility in March of 20, COVID just starting. 
a couple of events at the plant that uh, took everybody by surprise here and there that uh, delayed this or that, but nothing major. But uh, compliments to them for delivering on the plan that we all believed in from the start. You know, it was not a surprise to me or our team, but, you know, we're just pleased to have the opportunity to continue to work with them, obviously, and, and develop. Our syndication team did a great job. Our transportation logistics team with Juan and Matt Lewis do a great job in supporting me locally, our treasury team, et cetera. So once again, team selling, or not team selling, but team relationship management, let's put it that way, is very important. And we need to keep that going forward. So compliments to the company for working through some tough times and communicating some very vital information to the team to the bank group all during that time period. And that was very important too. And that's not always the case with all companies. And sometimes communication is the big challenge and that's, you've, uh, you've handled that very well. So thank you for that. Yeah, we appreciate it. We appreciate all the support you've given us. Morris, any closing comments for our listeners? I would say this has been a pretty successful relationship today. You know, I'm pretty, you know, comfortable that you guys have depth and product knowledge as well as uh, a ton of liquidity to help, you know, continue to partner with us and, and help uh, help us essentially finance uh, some of our growth uh, aspirations. So looking forward to working with you guys uh, now and hopefully, <laughs> uh, you know, quite some time to the future. John, any yeah, no, I second Morris. You know, I, I appreciate the relationship. It's It's been a good one, and uh, we look forward to it continuing to be a good one. Well, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Uh, we certainly appreciate the partnership. That's what it is from Regents Bank. It's a relationship that we have, and let's, uh, let's lock arms and just keep, uh, keep moving forward. I'd like to thank you both, and I want to thank our listeners to Regents Business Radio Houston, presented by Regents Bank, member of the FDIC. You can enjoy our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com and selecting the Houston studio, and then click on Regions Business Radio. This program is also available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe to the program so you don't miss any of our future episodes. I'm John Stacy, and you've been listening to Regions Business Radio Houston on Business Radio X. Business Radio X.